it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. My, oh my, the cliche of the tale of two halves certainly <laughs> applies to this game this afternoon. But the bottom line of it all is the Eagles take home the 34-10 to 10 victory over the New York football Giants. And in doing so, Gunner, Devin, ooh, now control their own destiny as they occupy the seventh playoff spot. I can't believe I'm even saying that uh, in the NFC. Gunner. Uh, are you? What are your takeaways from a game like this today, my friend? Well, first of all, let's address the real elephant in the room here. Um, Devin, <laughs> Devin is no longer allowed to text me during the first half of Eagles game. <laughs> what happened Why? this time? What happened this time? Oh my goodness! I told her to just get a brown paper bag and just you know just breathe into it and stop hyperventilating. I'm not having any fun. I'm like I don't know what to tell you. It's the Giants. Things will work themselves out soon enough. Look at you, you did not say that, though. You didn't say <laughs> you that. You didn't have... Shall I? Shall I go back now again and and recap what this conversation was? Because you were definitely not as positive as you were last time. Oh. You were the one laughing. What do you say? What do you say? Uh, uh, we're checking the record. I'm not surprised. Giants defense has played them very well. Ooh. Yeah, the first just like, no. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised the Giants for whatever reason. <laughs> The Giants, as bad as they are offensively, um, the the defense has given this team problems for six quarters now. You know, I can't yes. say eight quarters because uh, the second half, the Eagles finally got some breaks, yes. uh, made some breaks that took control of the game. But for whatever reason, the Giants have done a very good job of, of, of keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket, um, you know, not letting the Eagles just run all over them and minimizing the Eagles' effectiveness overall. Now, coupled in with the fact that what do we watch? Opening kickoff, Kenneth Gainwell fumbles the kickoff. <laughs> they recover that. Mm. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets stripped from behind again. Mm -hmm. You know, Dallas Goddard recovered that one. They could get nothing going. They had like uh, 150 something yards offense. You know, you had a quarterback on the other side who had 18 yards passing in the first half. That should be one throw. <laughs> That's for a whole half. And it was tied 3 3 at halftime. Luckily, the Eagles defense uh, basically controlled a very inept uh, Giants team. Now, the Giants were down two offensive linemen. Nate Solder, uh, their pro bowler, was out as well. But but the Eagles cannot afford to get off the, the starts like that. Um, against a better competition, they would have been in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is a team that's trying to hit a stride, getting ready for hopefully a playoff run. Now, once you get past the regular season, if you get in, competition gets much better. And you got to hit your stride. You got to match blow for blow. 
because teams you're going to face in the playoffs, teams like Tampa Bay, Packers, Rams, uh, Dallas, these are these are quick strike teams. And these are teams, uh, the quarterbacks, you will not fool them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, even Arizona with a young Kyler Murray, you're not going to fool them in any way, shape, or form. you got to match physicality for physicality. Mm. Uh, defensively, the Eagles matched that physicality. Offensively in the first half, I don't think the Eagles did. Now, obviously, they were self-destructing. Again, drop passes all over the place again, you know. Um, so this is a team that obviously it, it had a little rust on it, uh, just on four days of rest, getting ready to play another game in five days. But luckily, it was the Giants, um, and, and they did what they had to do, come out in the second half. You know, Rodney McLeod gets a pick. They get some points off of that. They stopped the Giants again, you know. They, put a, they did a better job putting pressure on a quarterback, a young, untested quarterback like a Jake Fromm. And, you know, I, I thought that was big. That's something they did this time they didn't do the last game with, a you know, a Garrett Gilbert. You know, they let Gilbert sit back there, and even though he was dumping off, they let him get the rhythm. This time they went after Fromm, and it, and it, and it helped them a lot. Um, the, the biggest disappointment to me was, they didn't rush for over 175 yards again, you know, Terrible. for an eighth consecutive time. Terrible. I'm disappointed. They only had a buck 30, which is a great day for most teams. Right. But these Eagles have spoiled us. But in the bigger scheme of things, number one, as you said, Mark, right now they control, thanks to the Rams knocking off Minnesota, they control the seventh spot. And, and the Titans beating the Niners. And the Titans beating the Niners. And more importantly, this is the first time this mm -hmm. Eagles team has been over 500 since the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. So things are shaping up for them, but they better be ready because even though Washington after tonight playing against Dallas, they may not have anything to play for. Washington would love nothing better than to take the Eagles off a pedestal just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if Washington's at full strength, that's going to be a dogfight next week. <laughs> it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, Devin, I want to ask you something here because I think in, in going through your emotional roller coaster is something that I was doing as well during this game, despite I don't really text Gunner during the game because – well, quite frankly, I know yeah, better. I'm not but anyway, <laughs> but in all seriousness, your takeaway from this game is it more of the what the heck were they doing in that first half, or is it oh wait they out they blew them out in the second half? What is more so going to define your week as you go through the emotions of what this win presented? I want to hear this. I think it's got to be the second half because, and I truly was on a full emotional roller coaster. But I hope that the team focuses on the many, many, many mistakes that were made in the first half because that was bleak. For a second, we were not, we were the fumble factory there. And then when Jake Elliott missed the field goal, it was like, what is happening? What is it about this Giants team? We're playing Jake from, and honestly, I never say this. You guys know, I still question Jonathan Gannon's defense. Thank goodness for our defense for keeping us in the game. And I do feel like that Rodney McLeod play is what kind of started to turn things around at the start of the third quarter. But the first half was brutal. But I think enough amazing things happened in that second half. The Lane Johnson touchdown might be my favorite <laughs> moment, probably since Philly Philly in the Super right. Bowl. That right. I was so over the moon. I'm so happy that uh, Lane Johnson got his first touchdown with the Eagles. I did not see that one coming from Devontae Smith's touchdown being called back and then reversed and then not reversed and it ended up standing like it was just an overall roller coaster of emotions, and people are saying it was a sloppy win. I don't think it was a sloppy win. Uh, I think it was a pretty dominant win by the end of the game there, but I don't know why we continually now two games in a row are coming out so weak in the mm. first and even second quarters. Yeah, that was the thing that, that jumped out to me too. Like, 
I looked at this game as a game that I obviously expected the Eagles to win. I actually bet the Eagles to win at an alternate spread. I put them at 14 and a half instead of the 10 and a half they were going into the game. And I know that's not a huge difference by any means, but four, you know, four points, four and a half points, whatever. But I like them a lot in this game. But that first half, you can't do that against the better teams. And that's what I think a lot of people will struggle with after a game like this or even throughout yeah. the game like people will look at this game and I, I picture the eagles fans you know one the optimist the other the pessimist or even the realist really when you look at it and you look at those two fans you look at them arguing those two friends and it's like oh yeah the eagles they scored 31 points in the second half to win the other guy they only scored three in the first half you know that type <laughs> of thing and i look at all the mistakes and the thing that i had a problem with was that it was again jalen hurts not protecting the football when he was trying to step up into the pocket and it resulted in a fumble not a fumble loss but a fumble the other one against washington obviously resulted in the fumble loss dallas goddard uh he went to him early he ended up throwing an interception and ended up getting overturned because the ball hit the ground miles sanders had a drop dallas goddard had another drop in this game there were misreads by Jalen Hurts in the early goings of this one. Now it's become a popular uh, meme already on social media of Dallas Goddard just standing wide open in the corner of the end zone. No one within seven or eight feet of him, uh, yards in the end zone, rather. So you look at plays like that and you go, you can't make those mistakes against the better teams in the NFL. But here's the good news on that. To go back and talk to the optimist for a second. They're not going to be facing any good teams for the rest of the season <laughs> unless they do put themselves in the playoffs, which, as far as I'm concerned, I thought they were the favorite to make the playoffs as the seven seed going into this game. They only solidified that more or less with this win today. Go ahead and take care of the Washington football team on Sunday, and then hopefully that game for Dallas doesn't mean anything a week from Sunday so or two weeks from today. So for me, my overall reaction is the Eagles did bottom line of what they were supposed to do. That first half, though, you want to call it uh, too quick a turnaround. You want to try to make up an excuse like that. I understand why you would. For me, that just doesn't play. The Eagles did not play smart football. And if you want to talk about mental fatigue, that ain't going to play either for me. But bottom line is they did what they needed to do to win this game. They put themselves in the seventh seed. And that is something I don't think anybody saw coming, Gunner, after the first half of football. No, yeah, no, you know, I think people were a bit nervous, uh, thinking, oh my goodness, here we go again against this Giants team. Um, but you know, the Giants, I tell you what, they're their own worst enemy. Um, I don't know how David Gettleman still has a job up in New York when you look at what is happening with this team. They have a good collection of wide receivers, they have a good backfield. Uh, he's neglected the offensive line for a few years now. Daniel Jones is an okay athlete, but he's not a, a franchise NFL quarterback. And then look at the drop-off after Daniel Jones from Mike Glennon to Jake Fromm. And, you know, it, it's amazing. And their defense is not that bad. They just don't get much help from the offense. This team was averaging 17 points per game um, coming into this game. And they hadn't scored more than 11 points in their last two games. You know, so basically they're packing it up. You know, I, I give them credit defensively for playing hard, but when your offense gives you nothing, then you can only do so much. You can only stop an opposition so much. Um, and then after that, once a team gets on top of a team like the Giants, you know, they have no hope of coming back. They can't come back for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles did exactly what they had to do. They got the rust off. You know, you can talk about it's not a pretty win. It's a sloppy win. I don't care how you get to W. I don't care if the Eagles had less than 100 yards of offense in this game. If they still got the W to put themselves in playoff positioning, that's all that matters. Doesn't care how you get there as long as you get there. Mm -hmm.
And that's what they did. That was the bottom line for today's game. Now, I do, I would, I do want to go back to it, Devin, because you even talked about it. One of your favorite plays since maybe Philly Special. <laughs> yeah. I I had to look twice. I had to watch that play. I don't know how many times and go. That was definitely Lane, <laughs> that was definitely Lane Johnson eligible. Mm-hmm. First off. And then second, actually reeling that football in from Jalen Hurts to score that touchdown. And then running through the end zone to the crowd to try to do a lane leap at the link, mm-hmm. I think is what I'll dub that. That play was just, I thought, perfect design, perfect execution by this Eagles offense. Oh, for sure. And you, I have to say, this team is, has conditioned me to any time we score. Devontae Smith's touchdown is case in point. Anytime a touchdown is scored, especially one like Lane Johnson's where it's a different player than usual, uh, to say the least, I just wait for a flag or wait for something to happen or for it to be called back. So I'm so happy that that touchdown stood and Lane deserves it. And I was definitely not expecting that. Uh, But speaking of what I just mentioned, Devontae Smith's uh, touchdown, the play before it by Quez Watkins, he really bailed Jalen Hurts out on that. I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. But I, while it was on my mind, I had to bring it up because there were so many plays in the second half that kind of made me go like, was that good or just a lucky mistake? I don't well, know. You're talking about the 39-yard uh, play where Watkins yes. went up and got it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was a receiver making a play. I, I thought it was more of him making the play, obviously, than it was Jalen Hurts making the play. But still, Jalen Hurts bought the time, rolled out to his right, threw it downfield. Watkins went up and got it. It reminded me almost, in a way, kind of, of the Dallas Goddard catch around, uh, against Washington where it seemed like there were three different defenders around it yeah. and Dallas yeah, Goddard yeah. said, the heck with it, I'm getting it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's focus in on that play though. The Devonte Smith play, the one after the Watkins catch. Mm-hmm. I have never seen, and Gunner, not for nothing, my friend, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. When it comes to a play being reversed and then re-reversed, I don't know what you would call that, overturned, then unoverturned, an emotional roller coaster. Is that, pretty much. I have never heard an official go like, "Nope, not a touchdown." Okay, fine. It's a touchdown. I have never seen that before, but if I have to imagine a definition of inconclusive or not finding that conclusive evidence to be able to overturn anything, that sequence, that 15-minute period of this Eagles game would be the perfect definition of it. Yeah, one of the most bizarre sequences I've ever seen. You know, initially, uh, when you looked at it on replay after he caught it, you're thinking, okay, he, you know, what great concentration, what great body control to drag both feet in and get the touchdown. And then all of a sudden the ref says no touchdown. Then they further review it again and decide it's a touchdown. And I'm thinking, man, the refereeing in the NFL this year has been, you. I, I don't want to use the word atrocious, but subpar across the board. If you go back and think about a number of games that you've watched across the league this year, and with all the instant replay and all the camera angles and it still make bad calls, and you're wondering how much worse can it be? But thank goodness they finally got it right and, and gave him the touchdown. And you know, just another evidence of why the Eagles drafted this young man in the first round. Uh, his ability to uh, work a field, to work a defender, uh, and control his body, great hands. He's a great hands catcher. When I look at receivers, I always look for receivers that that not catch the ball with their body, but with their hands. How well do they catch with their hands? And for him to be slight of build the way he is. He has great hand control when he catches the football and the body control speaks for itself. And yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad they got that one right because if they had not, who knows what might've happened at that point, <laughs> no matter how hard they tried to get it wrong. They got oh it my right. Goodness. Yeah. Now, oh my I, goodness. I, I'm just, I, I was watching the feet. I think most people were watching the feet. And then I think they made a comment during the game, Velma made a comment during the game about how they were looking for the ball, whether or not he secured the ball. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that whole surviving the ground thing was dead and buried. I thought that wasn't a thing anymore from, what, two, three years ago? But is that still a thing where you have to survive the ground after a catch is already made and you've come down out of bounds with your feet already being inbounds? It seems to vary week to week you know, because it, it's <laughs> so inconsistent. I, I'm it's serious. terrible. It's terrible. It, no, I know you are. That's it, it, It's an awful way to call it. What you see one week, you think you see it again the next week. Okay, you know what the call is going to be, and it's not. It depends on what group of refs you get. And the thing is, before they make a final decision, it goes to New York, and they look at it. So they're just as indecisive as the guys on the field refereeing the game. And so if I'm a player, I'm thinking – I don't know what pass interference is anymore. I don't know what neutral zone infraction means anymore. I don't know what, you know, um, false start means anymore. And I don't know what controlling the ball to the ground means anymore because there's no definitive answer to any of those anymore because you see so many variations of these plays. And just when you think you've got it locked down, they flip the script on you again. Certainly what it looked like. Devin, what were you watching on that play, the feet or the ball? The feet, 100%. And then it was like the review, it's been reversed. And then I don't even think they said it clearly. They're like, the review is under review. And then it went to commercial break and everyone's like, what, what's what's happening? But his feet were in. It was it was a very similar play, play as we mentioned to, to last week where he's able, and that's why, you know, he's the Heisman winner. That's a Heisman catch right there where you're able to get the ball. The ball, even, even when I saw that that was also what was being discussed because I was always looking at the feet. It was a catch. It was a touchdown. And I'm glad that it stood. Uh, I also love seeing Devontae Smith so fired up. I feel like we barely see that much, you know, animation and emotion from him. And mm-hmm. you could tell if that if that was overturned, he was not going to be happy. So I'm glad that he got the TD. Yeah, certainly. And that was the play that obviously made it 20 to th- uh, three in the game was mm-hmm. when you really started to feel like, OK, the Eagles got this. Forget about it. Uh, but that was just a spectacular play that Devontae Smith made on that from the adjustment. Also, Jalen Hurts rolling out of the pocket, uh, hitting him in stride and just getting him right inside the out of bounds, obviously. But uh, let's talk about that quarterback for a second, because I know this is going to be a hot button issue for a lot of people because, well, it always is. And that is the most important position in all of Philadelphia, which is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts for the second straight week, we watched struggle in the first half and then take care of business in the second half. Yes, you could say that his receivers made plays. You could say that uh, his running game got going again. You could say that his offensive line got going again. You could also say that Nick Sirianni didn't do him any favors, starting out with the pass rather than the run. I mean, you look at the first 15 plays, 10 of them were pass plays, which does not go to the MO of the Eagles and what has given them success in recent weeks this season as they have started to turn it on offensively. So when you look at this game, Derek Gunn, I'll ask you out of the gate here, when it comes to Jalen Hurts' performance, do you focus more? We talked about the team as a whole, but do you focus more on Jalen Hurts' first half numbers or do you focus more on Jalen Jalen Hurts' second half numbers? I would say the second half numbers because he adjusted. You know, things weren't going well for him, and it was very easy for a quarterback, especially when he hit targets in the hands and they were dropping the ball, easy for a young quarterback to get frustrated. But again, the word poise comes to mind when you talk about a Jalen Hurts. You know, he settled down in the second half. Uh, obviously, uh, his defense helped him out tremendously in terms of <clears throat> giving him a short field that led to that first touchdown. And his throws were a little better. <clears throat> I still question his deep ball. I mean, the ball that Quez Watkins went up and got, you look, that thing was like a dying quail, you know. <laughs> you know, And so I, I understand why Nick Sirianni doesn't go deep a lot more uh, because uh, if you look at that one play, when he threw it up there, you saw the, you saw the safety circle love 
and he, I'm sure he's thinking, I got a, I, I've got a, uh, a, a pick here. But Quez Watkins did a great job of getting his body between the defender and the ball and going up and make the play. And, you know, you can you can win a lot of games without having a deep game, a deep passing game, which I think is what the Eagles are going to have to do. That, that, that running attack is going to have to stay lethal because um, it's very seldom a, can you count on Jalen Hurst to go deep with the ball. But because of his athleticism, his ability, I think he's a better player outside of the pocket than he is in the pocket. But he showed last uh, Tuesday against Washington. Washington did a very good job of trying to keep him in the pocket. He made some big throws from the pocket. So you sh- you see that progress of him being able to deliver strikes from the pocket. But again, better defenses are going to take a little bit of everything they've seen that has worked against the Eagles. Washington keeping them in the pocket. What are the Giants doing to control them in the running game? Washington, uh, 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 The Giants did a good job keeping Jalen in the pocket. What are they doing? And the better teams are going to utilize that stuff. And so Nick Sirianni is going to have to counter again, come up with something to counter whatever defenses, you know, come up with. But I thought Jalen handled himself very well in the second half after a very frustrating first half. Mm. Poise is another word to put, like you just said, poise, absolutely. Devin? Uh, well, it's funny. Someone, Big Chris in the comments, just said what I was thinking. He said the ankle isn't right on Hurts. Did we? I, I don't have my stat sheet pulled up right now. In the break, I can find it. But I don't know how many rushing yards he had today. I feel like he wasn't as mobile today, and maybe that has something to do with it. But, yeah, in the first half – I don't think he was given any favors with the play calling. Once again, it made no sense to me why you would throw the ball that many times when time and time and time and time again has proven that our rushing game is our strength, at least offensively. Um, But, you know, I think it was rust. I think, I don't know what the extent of his ankle injury sprain was. Maybe that is something to do with him kind of starting off slow these last two games. The, the dying quail reference kind of got me because once again, that pass gave me a heart attack. Thank God for Quez Watkins jumping up and grabbing that, just like Dallas Goddard did last week. Or I keep saying last week. It was like three days ago. Um, right. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, still, I think Jalen Hurts is our best option. Like, I'm not going to rush to say, oh, he's the guy. I think he made a lot of mistakes, especially early on, that are not okay. Like, hold on to the ball. We were the fumble factory. But he also wasn't given any favors with play calling and players dropping balls left and right. So hopefully uh, they get that under control. You know, to answer, answer, real, real, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you, you, no, you got the end. I, I know what you're going to say. You're going to make reference to uh, his rushing numbers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two rushes for uh, seven yards in yep. this game. Uh, so, yeah, not exactly a game where he was taking off a lot. Certainly a game where the Eagles were looking for him to sit in that pocket and try to deliver the football a little bit better than he did in the first half of this game. His throwing numbers overall 17-29 to 29 for 199 and two touchdowns. Second yep. touchdown, obviously, to Lane Johnson. So there you go. Yeah, you know, um, if he isn't 100%, then he's got to find ways to be effective, ways to win games. And that's what he's doing. He did it against Washington. He did it again against the Giants today. Um, you know, obviously, if he can't take off and run like he wants to, uh, and, and everybody knows that within the Giants locker room that he's not 100%, the offensive line has to block a little better, a little bit longer. The pass catchers cannot be dropping passes. They, we're dropping passes like hot grenades, you know, um, in the first half. And it, it takes a lot of the pressure off Jalen, especially when that running game's on point. You know, if those three elements come into play, Jalen Hurts can be effective uh, not being 100% on that, on, on that bad ankle. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, real quick, before we hit our first break of the show, John McMullen will be joining us a little bit later in the show. I know we have a, a line out. We have a line out. We have a, a flag we're, we're raising to try to draw somebody from this game into the show as well. So we'll see if that happens. That's all I can tell you. But John McMullen will definitely be joining us a little bit later in the show. And uh, Gunner and Devin, I don't know what you guys are doing for New Year's, but uh, how about coming with me to Ocean uh, Casino Resort? Have yourself a great time. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. I mean, well, what better place to celebrate and ring in the new year? Am I right? You're right. right. Uh, you know what? In, in, in some some regards, you're right. But for me, and, and I'm like a lot of people, you know, New Year's Eve is like amateur night. I don't go out. <laughs> I stay home. I stay off the streets. I stay home, man. I don't need to be out and about. Uh, I appreciate I, the offer. I love mm. you like a stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> But but I don't go out on New Year's Eve, man. Are you sure? Uh, the Ocean Casino Resort's going to let you grill there, Gunner. I mean, how do you say no to that? Oh, you, wait, wait, wait. People? You didn't say that. Hold on. I mean, there wait, you wait, go. Wait, wait. I finally get a taste of the ribs, my friend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what kind of grill do they have, first of all? You got to bring your own. It's a bring your own grill type of deal, my friend. What? <laughs> oh, I'm no, going there. No, I'm going to have myself no. a great time, and you should, too. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Jalen Hurts and his performance. And Jonathan Gannon, look, it ain't the best competition in the world. We know that with the New York football giants and whoever their quarterback is. Jonathan Gannon did what he needed to do in both these matchups against the Giants. We'll talk about that more when we return on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube page for, of course, live post-game show. We'll be back in a second. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, live post game show. Portions of today's live broadcast are sponsored by First Trust Bank. Check out the Jacob Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning for Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's Nick Sirianni getting this from Jeff McClain's uh, Twitter feed after the game. Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Hurts pre snap read on that third down play to uh, that should have gone to Dallas Goddard in the corner of the end zone. Uh, Jalen Hurts' pre snap read should have taken him to Quez Watkins. Said he didn't know the Giants busted coverage based on his eyes. His eyes aren't there. Uh, that's what uh, Nick Sirianni had to say after the game. Very uh, honest. And I was going to bring up that uh, that play anyway and to get into that for a second here because one of the things I always see on Twitter, Devin and Derek, is that, no, Jalen Hurts is a one-read quarterback. Jalen Hurts can't read a defense. But they don't see different plays where I see him going through his progression, see him scanning the field. Uh, I would love to see him look off the safety once. It seems like that's a lost art for some young quarterbacks, uh, but he hasn't done. He hasn't really done that. Uh, in this particular, on that particular play, it looked like he was zeroed in at uh, at, uh, at Quez Watkins from the time Quez Watkins went in motion and started rolling from the outside to the inside, from the wideout spot to the slot, and then stared him down as he started to cross the field. It seemed like he was locked in, and that's happening more times than not with Jalen Hurts. So I think Nick Sirianni saying his eyes just aren't there yet. I think he's talking about a young quarterback that is trying to get to that point where scanning the defense, scanning his progressions is not only happening faster, but it's happening a lot more on the regular than what we have seen so far. Well, that play is a timing play. And I I, I understand what Nick is talking about. And it's not the first time that Jalen has missed a receiver wide open in an end zone, but that comes with time uh, and development, you know, um, when you have a timing play like that, you have to make a snap decision. If it's not there, then you got to start looking elsewhere. And your peripheral vision has to be, you know, that much better. And again, you know, it's, it's going to come with time, you know, um, and Jalen's going to see that because if you miss opportunities like that in the second season, you know, those are the kind of things that come back to bite you down and down, down the stretch when a game is on the line. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Jalen and Nick Sirianni, and the offensive uh, brain trust, they're going to look at that over and over again. They're going to talk about it over and over again. And hopefully it makes a better decision down the road, um, you know, especially if it's a close-knit game in a playoff scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the th- – th- uh, Devin, real quick, just on that play as well, the, the motion worked. Like that was the thing that, that I was I, I was upset. I mean, the second thing after missing Dallas Goddard – but it was the motion work. The play worked. Like, you got the guy open. You confused the defense. Quez Watkins moved it to the inside. Defense didn't know it was coming. Uh, Goddard bangs it out to the corner. And then you, you just didn't hit him. 
And if he's not scanning the field, then he's not going to know when those other buster coverages happen. And look, that happens throughout. We always talk about a young quarterback. They're going to miss throws. They're going to miss reads. They're going to make mistakes. Even the best quarterbacks in the league do that. But on a play like that, I just what I don't understand is sort of been on Nick Sirianni a little bit to coach a player up to say, hey, look, it, we're doing this motion to try to catch the defense off guard. So this might be open. Goddard might be open in the corner of the end zone. And that's where I kind of feel like maybe the miscommunication happened. And that's something that I think you got to coach up. Still, the mistake is on Jalen. He's the player. You should see it. But that's something that I think the Eagles are trying to run that motion play for to open up that corner route in the end zone. But maybe they are. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate um, Sirianni's honesty here because we saw what happened last game uh, against Washington when we saw him kind of chew Jalen Hurts out after he fumbled the ball on the sideline. And I liked that. I, I think Sirianni often gets painted as, you know, ever since his fertilizer, flowers, speech, you know, this really nice guy. I don't doubt that he is. But I also know from the, talking to John McMullen that he's got some fire behind him. So I don't doubt that he's helping and working with Jalen Hurts uh, with his eyes and reading the field. Cause like, I agree with the criticism that I don't, that's definitely not Jalen Hurts's strength. And that's not the first play that's happened that we've, I mean, I feel like it was the last time we played the giants when uh, he threw the Jalen Rager and, and Devonte Smith was wide open on the other side. So it's definitely an issue. And I, I, I appreciate that Nick Sirianni's not kind of covering for Hurts. You know, he's saying, he messed up. It's on him. So maybe it is something, and I hope it is something that they're coaching him or Hurts up on. You know, it's fu- what's funny is um, when Hurts got chewed out in that Washington game, after the game, when he was asked about it, he says, hey, look, my dad's a coach. I'm used to getting chewed out. You know, in situations like that, quarterbacks can go one of two ways. They can either shut down and be hesitant the rest of the game and then become indecisive or – you know, it makes them stronger and more focused. And with Jalen, obviously, having a dad who's coached him uh, and, and, you know, being uh, having tough skin, you know, it makes him a better quarterback, a more focused quarterback, a more effective quarterback. And that's what you like to see. You know, young quarterbacks, they get yelled at, and rightfully so. They make mistakes. You practice things a certain way, and you go out and do the opposite thing during the game. Uh, your head coach is going to be furious. And Nick Sirianni called him on it, and he buckled down and played much better game on Tuesday night. And he struggled early on in this game in the first half. He came out and played a much better game in the second half. Again, we have to keep reminding ourselves that he's probably playing on less than 100% ankle. And so mm-hmm. he's, find, try, he's finding ways to be effective. And the offense is being structured for him to put less damage on that ankle. And so far, the two combined have worked. See, here's – and I saw that argument, and I, and I know where it's coming from. But if I'm Nick Sirianni, why am I then not running the football – I'm only running the football five times in my first 15 plays when I have the number one. Like, I can't believe I'm even saying these words, and these words are true. The Eagles have the best rushing offense in the NFL. Now, true as the game went on, Miles Sanders got hurt. Jordan Howard got hurt. J- Jalen Hurts already has a bum ankle. So that's those numbers are going to diminish a little bit. But the game plan going into it seemed to be throw the ball. Why not just hand the ball in the, you know, put the ball in the hands of your running, back, running backs and let them make plays as opposed to making Jalen Hurts, the guy with the bum ankle, actually try to make plays for you. So that, that's what rubbed me so that's what rubbed me the wrong way from get-go. Maybe just trying to catch the Giants off guard. I mean, you know, a, an NFL team will never come out and say another NFL team is, is subpar mm. or trash. You know, there's a certain <laughs> amount of respect uh, that they all have for each other. And the fact that if you go back and you look at how tough the Giants played them the first time, even though the Eagles ended up running over 200 yards against them that first time, you know, the Giants played them tough and gave them problems. 
Mm-hmm. And so maybe Sirianni was just trying to catch him off, off balance early on with the thought in mind, I'm not worried about this team matching us point for point. When we look at them on paper, they can't match us point for point. We just need to try something a little bit different. Maybe we can jump on them early. Unfortunately, that didn't work. It was still anybody's ball game after the first 30 minutes. But lo and behold, they had things swing their way in the second half and took control of the game. Yeah, that's something to me that uh, I I was waiting for them to do, and they finally started doing it in the second half. And look, I'll I'll be completely honest here. Although this team has kind of lived and died by the run game, their passing game is what bailed them out in that second half. And as much as you want to look at that first half and say you can't make those mistakes, and you should, you should say you can't make those same mistakes against a better team. If this happens in the playoffs, the Eagles won't even be able to sniff the second half with any semblance of uh, positivity. But the fact of the matter is, after the game, or excuse me, after that first half, I don't know what happened at halftime. It seemed like everyone got their you know what together from Nick Sirianni to Jalen Hurts to the run game to Quez Watkins to Dallas Goddard to Miles Sanders, even a little bit, uh, even though he was not Miles Sanders, but uh, Jordan Howard came out well before he got hurt. It seemed like everything started to change in that second half. And I think when we started the show, Gunner and Devin, you too, you were talking about the adjustments that they were able to make. And that's ultimately what will separate them from a team that's going to go downhill like the Giants or maybe Washington now and a team that maybe will be on the uptick as the season ends, like what the Bengals did this afternoon against a division rival in the Ravens. They were just merciless in that game. But maybe the Eagles are starting to play that good brand of football as the season continues to go on. I hope so. And we all know how the Eagles have played when they're playing from behind. I just wish that they do what they did in the second half of this game and even later in the game against Washington earlier in the week, the entire game, like a full four quarters. Because if we make it to the playoffs and if we want to even get to the playoffs, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to face a Washington team that's now not decimated by COVID. Uh, Taylor Heineke is a lot scarier than Gilbert Grape or Gilbert, I what? forget his name. You know who I'm talking about. So, why <laughs> not call him that? How can you not call him that? No disrespect Gilbert, to him. Gilbert Grape. That, <laughs> that's the line of the day right there. That is absolutely Gilbert the line. Grape. That's the line right there. Yeah. What's eating him? The Eagles defensive line. I thank you. Anyway, uh, but no, you're you're exactly right. The, the guy like that is not going to who they're going to be facing uh, a week from today. Uh, but I I agree, uh, Devin. That's a that's a team that they should be able to get after no matter who their quarterback is, especially uh, because they're going to be taking care of business. Uh, you know, uh, taking their show uh, on uh, on the road, so to speak. Here, so hopefully they're able to to keep those good vibes going. <laughs> And maybe, you know what, maybe the other thing, I'm still on Gilbert Grave. It's the only thing I can think about right now. Uh, but maybe with the way that they played this second half, uh, maybe, and I do think that no athlete will really admit to this. Any athlete I've ever spoken to, there's nothing they can't do. Maybe the quick turnaround is something that is a legit, not excuse, but explanation for why they struggled so much in the early goings of this one. And, and Gunnar, I know you've interviewed a ton of athletes about this. But that quick turnaround is never something that they want to admit to having an effect unless it's a reactionary thing that happened like Rodney McLeod's tweet after the NFL postponed the game to be Tuesday and then play again on Sunday. They never want to admit during the game. They never want to give themselves that excuse uh, or even the explanation to downgrade the downgrade an excuse to an explanation. But they never want to admit to it. Watching the way this game started out, I think a combination of a poor game plan and a combination of having that quick turnaround, I think, really affected the way they came out of the gates in this game. Well, you know, players are creatures of habit. They like their routines. And, you know, once you play a physical game, especially a divisional game, 
you want your body and mind to have X amount of hours, X amount of days to recoup, whether it's a deep tissue massage, whether it's an ice bath, whether, whether it's whirlpool, whatever the case may be, uh, to let your body mend. You know, players have told me all, time and time again, sometimes when you come out of a physical game, it's not until Thursday or Friday of the next week when you start to really feel better and get right to get ready for that next game that's coming up in 48 hours late. So when you have to turn around and play another opponent, another division opponent in five days, you know, your body doesn't have that same time. But you have to find a way to overcome that obstacle because of the magnitude of the situation, which means you take care of your business, you get some help along the way, and you look at where you could be at the end of the day. And that's exactly what the Eagles did. It was a little rough for them early on. But they finally buckled down. They got a big turnover to start momentum right off the bat in the second half. And it just kept steamrolling from that point on. Mm -hmm. What concerns me in the decision to, to not run the ball that much, especially at the start of the game, is A, as we mentioned, Jalen Hurts' ankle perhaps bothering him more than they're admitting. Uh, and I, I will ask John McMullen this when, when he hops on with us later in the show. But also, you know, we saw Miles Sanders go out. I don't know the extent of his injury. Jordan Howard, like, I'm kind of worried about our run game not really being existent with these injuries now moving forward. So maybe they knew they were playing the Giants. Marcus, you mentioned, like, a coach, no, you know your opponent. You're, no one's going to come out and say, oh, the Giants suck. We're not really giving it our all. Uh, not saying that they didn't, but maybe they were trying to to rest the legs of, of, their, of their backs, of Jalen Hurts, of their quarterback. Um, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning for that, but I hope it's not anything too serious. Uh, real quick, I'm getting a bunch of uh, different tweets here surrounding what Jordan Mailata had to say about Lane Johnson's touchdown. Okay. And uh, that was the, I mean, that was just the point of the game where you could tell the Eagles are just having a lot of fun playing football and why not? Everybody likes it as the, as even the offensive lineman will tell you, including Trey Thomas. And I'll let you know what he said about it in a second. Uh, but according uh, to multiple people on Twitter, Jordan Mailata, was talking was asked about Lane Johnson's touchdown catch and Jordan Mailata already spoke uh, at length this week about Lane Johnson and how great it was to have him back. Um, I'm not going to swear, but it was bleeping awesome, and he didn't say bleeping. Jordan Mailata on Lane Johnson's touchdown. So hey, everyone's excited for him, and rightfully so. Uh, our friend Trey Thomas described it as everybody loves a thick six, and I think that accurately describes the touchdown whenever an offensive lineman is able to get that football. It sounds like Trey. <laughs> well, no, no. You know, you know what I loved most about that? A just so happy that Lane got a touchdown and it was just so surprising. But at the beginning of the season, after the first game against the Falcons, remember we said it's been so long since we've had fun watching the Eagles and since the team seems like they're having fun playing the game. And then they kind of lost that for a bit. And watching this game and a few of our recent wins, it does feel like they're having fun, especially with that Lane Johnson touchdown. I think that's why it made me so happy. It's <laughs> uncertain. When I when I look at Lane Johnson scoring the touchdown, here's here's what what, what I really loved about it most. We you know we, we forget about the struggles that he continues mm -hmm. to go through, um, the emotional struggles he goes through. When you're battling depression, when you're battling anxiety, um, it, it it doesn't go away. You can put it on the back burner for a while. You can control it to a certain degree. It just doesn't go away. But when you have good moments. Um, it helps you to to not even think about the things that, that really bother you, the things that that lead you to depression and anxiety. Um, and so, Lane, you know, for a guy who's been, you know, stellar his most of his career, um, 
you know, and, and to, to finally get a touchdown. I think he'll remember that more than a lot of big games that he's won in his career uh, because offensive linemen don't get that moment that much. You know, so the fact that Nick Sirianni drew that play up for him and got him that touchdown, uh, that, that's huge. And, you know, again, you know, Lane, when, when anybody you talk about dealing with what he's gone through, it's it's hour to hour, moment to moment, day to day. You're high one minute, low the next minute. Um, you don't know when things could just break break on you and cause you to go into a deep, dark place. You know, so, you know, for that that ray of light, you know, just for that particular guy, because of the kind of guy he is, stand-up guy, honest guy, funny guy. If you get to know him, he's a funny guy, you know, wears his emotions on his sleeve. I'm so happy for him. And hopefully he gets another one in his career. Uh, I eagerly await that. Uh, coming up, I want to ask you, uh, Derek, and, and you, Devin, Let's design the next Eagles trick play. Let's let's design the next one. What's the next one you want to see? I know people are throwing out some ideas. I think a lot of people are on the same page with their ideas. But let's throw out uh, just a couple of plays. Maybe we'll just draw it up and give it to Nick Sirianni and see what he has to say. But uh, uh, we will go ahead and break that down and uh, try to pitch you guys some ideas. Also, in the, in the chat, feel free. Hit us with your next trick play. Hit us with your own version of uh, Philly special or annexation of Puerto Rico, whatever it might be. Have yourselves a good time in the chat and uh, make sure you let us know. But I do want to tell you, you can add stateside vodka soda to your upcoming New Year's Eve celebrations. See the scroll below. Use the code Jacob, that's J-A-K-I-B, for 15% off the very popular stateside vodka soda. Go to statesidevodka.com. See the vodka right over here over my right shoulder? Have yourself a good time that's with stateside vodka. Every week. What are you talking about? I haven't had a sip yet. I'm saying at the end of the season, after the Eagles' long playoff run, I'm going to personally deliver stateside vodka to all used guys' house. And when I say used guys', I literally just mean uh, Derek and Devin. Sorry to everybody else watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Devin, I don't know. It looks like a few of those bottles are half empty. I'm just saying. I'm just I know. We there. made enough jokes about it. And it's always after a loss, though. So we can drink yeah, them, yeah. even though they'll be filled with water at that point, you know for out of out of victory for a win exactly exactly well either way we'll be enjoying stateside vodka and stateside mm -hmm. vodka sodas when we come back we will give you our our next trick trick plays and uh, i mentioned it before we got to get into it jonathan gannon and his defense taking care of business against yes a far inferior opponent but doing what they were supposed to do in this game for the second straight time against the new york football giants more live post game show when we return go for the midnight tears go for the game Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek on Devin Caney with you. We are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. Folks, have yourself a time. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino Resort. Don't miss out on all the fun, of course. Now, by the way, Lane Johnson was also asked after the game about uh, the last time. Um, uh, the name of the play call, excuse me, the name of the play call uh, where he scored the touchdown. We have Philly, Philly. We have Philly special, and now we have East Texas. East Texas was the name of the play call where Lane Johnson scored the touchdown. So I hope we see a lot more of uh, East Texas in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Gunner, do you have any idea what your uh, play call would be if you were to design the next play call for the Philadelphia oh, yeah. Eagles, the next oh, yeah. gadget play? Yeah, it would be Jordan Malata on a, a end around on a reverse. On you a know, reverse. If, if you look, yeah, look at Malata when he played rugby. You see that man move with the ball. Oh hell yeah! Who's gonna get in his way when he's coming around the end? All right, give you know, call a reverse play to Malata. Let him go. I think he surprised you with his speed. We know he can run people over. The man's a Mack truck. I would love to see him get the ball on a reverse. You know, give him giving him the ball on a dive play. That's too easy. He God. would he he'd be like the modern day William the Refrigerator Perry. You know, just bowling people over to the end zone. But I want to see a little. I want to see him use some of that athleticism that got him a shot in the NFL. Uh, because every time I've watched him when he was playing rugby, I'm like, for a man six seven, three hundred forty pounds, this man is agile, mobile, versatile. You let that man do something around the edge, just freight train somebody going down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Certainly, well, Devin, what do you got? Uh, Deegan kind of stole mine, but it, I guess if Lane Johnson's is called uh, East Texas, we'll call Mylotta's what Australia, I don't Aussie, know, Aussie. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say just hand out to Mylotta. He runs it up the middle. He just have defenders like clinging to him, like literally along for the ride. You can't stop that man. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, they should actually do that. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> why why right. not? All right, it's gonna be a clean sweep here. It's three for three. It's got to. It's got to go to my lot. I mean, what what what, what else are you gonna do? Like you're gonna try it's to be a good different. Idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. What, what's the other one? Uh, Jake Elliott up the middle. Like, no, no one wants to see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so when you look at joining my lot, here's this is what I would do. I line up in the backfield twice. I line them up in the backfield. I'd have uh, double. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, split uh, running backs, and I'd have a fake toss to Jordan Mylotta. All right, fake toss. Quick little throw to like, uh, you know, let's just say uh, Boston Scott because he's the only guy healthy right now. Uh, it's a quick throw. And that's how you set it up for then later in the game. You give him the real toss. I think it has to be a toss. And then Jordan Mylotta full head of steam, a couple of people in front of him. Not that he'll need him. 
couple of people in front of him, and he just mows people down as he runs down the field. Because that, I think, would be most like rugby, where it's a a uh, not not a forward pass. He gets the toss behind him like it would be for rugby. What do you call it? The pitch in rugby? And then he runs it down the field for, I don't know, let's just say 67 yards and a touchdown. That's what uh, I got. Yeah, I think, I think I like a reverse it. would be more lethal because, you know, the flow would be going one way. All of a sudden, this freight train's coming back the other way. So on the, side, on the opposite side in containment, you either have a safety or a cornerback. So that safety or cornerback has to make a business decision real quick. Am I going to hit, I gonna hit this man head on? And as we know in the NFL, and, and I don't know how it got to this point, but a lot of people t- would be tacklers, like to tackle bigger men up high. And that's the worst thing you can do. When you're coming up, you're always told, hit a guy lower. You know, sure. you know, taking that for me. You hit a big man lower. And so you're not on his highlight reel. So I would love to see a cornerback try to make a business decision. Am I going to miss? Uh, it, uh, am I going to take Malata on head on, or I'm just going to make a gallant effort at it and whiff him and just let him keep going? So I'm not on this highlight reel, or more importantly, not in the ER. <laughs> I see uh, Kevin hit me up on uh, our chat here, tagging me saying um, uh, people would just be making business decisions. You're absolutely right. right. Uh, I also right. saw somebody else uh, said, "How about a how about a jet sweep?" I think it was it. Big jet somebody sweep. jet sweep, yeah. Big Chris, big Chris says my lot of jet sweep. Okay, someone said Jason that's, Kelsey that's toss sweep. That's not bad. Now Jason, Jason Kelsey. Kelsey, yeah. Now what did he run? Like sixteen miles per hour for that block down the field that Miles Sanders ran the wrong oh, way. Sanders, yeah. yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Like we saw how fast Jason Kelsey can be, so he could also get in the run game. I think. Uh, Will's really telling all it. of our own line. Yeah, total, absolutely. Uh, Will in in the chat's also saying. Uh, He's fast like a Zamboni. <laughs> that would, that would, I wouldn't want to get in front of that, uh, no doubt. Um, on a serious note, uh, it's another game where you're playing the Giants and your defense shows up. Now, the Gi- look, I'm not saying that uh, Jonathan Gannon's defense is all of a sudden the greatest thing ever because they held the Giants to a you know, minuscule amount of points in, in two games. However, they did what they were supposed to do. And you have a pick six in this game. You have a fumble recovery in this game. Uh, you have another interception in this game. You did a great job, defensively speaking. You were constantly putting Jake Fromm under pressure, which shouldn't be anything worth bragging about. But look, anytime a defense does exactly what they're supposed to do, I think you have to applaud that no matter who the opponent is. Because Gunner, as you always like to remind me, that other team, believe it or not, gets paid too. Uh, yeah. But this particular game, I thought another game against a divisional opponent where you never seem to know what you're what, what you're going to get, and you never know what's going to happen with those divisional opponents. This was a game where jo- Jonathan Gannon's defense, I thought, did exactly what they were supposed to do against a terrible football team. Yeah, and I thought uh, also it's the type of game where once you figured out, because you didn't have much tape on Jake Fromm, but once you figured out what he is or was not, you know, I thought it, it's an opportunity to try some different things too, to see if they work without it hurting you that much. Yeah, because even if you made a mistake, the Giants weren't going to hurt you that much. Um, and, and I would love to know if Jonathan Gannon tried a lot of different things in this game in terms of disguising schemes. Uh, did he deliberately blitz more uh, because of who they were playing? Are there some are there some things that they've been working on throughout this week they had not implemented in a game yet um, because he's being a little bit overly cautious? Um, but I would love to find out exactly – what is, you know, and he'll never tell you, you know, out of respect for the opposition, he'll never tell you. But I would love to find out exactly what his mindset was in terms of, hey, we can do this, this, and this against this Giants team, and it's not going to hurt us one iota because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I absolutely agree. The other part of it is the fact that you have an offense that wasn't getting you anything. And at that same time, the defense said, okay, well, if you guys are going to have problems, don't worry. We're going to hold down the fort in the meantime. Uh, you can obviously do that against a team like the Giants, like you just said, Gunner. But when your offense is struggling, it, it's not uncommon necessarily to see your defense try to press a little bit and try to do too much. They just played this letter of the law, I felt. I felt like Jannard Avery had himself another good game, got away with a penalty in the backfield where he grabbed Jake mm -hmm. Fromm's mask. But, hey, look, you know, it's going to happen in football, and I don't think Jake Fromm is necessarily guys is a guy that the referees are trying to protect by any means, mm -hmm. uh, but he got in the backfield. He wreaked some havoc. He had another tackle for loss in this game. I misspoke earlier. It was two interceptions, no fumble recovery from the Eagles defense. But nonetheless, they were making things happen. They were making plays for this team. Uh, and overall, I just thought Jonathan Gannon uh, got away with playing a very, I think, fundamentally sound version of football in this game because it all, that's all they had to do because the Giants weren't going to win this game offensively. They were only going to win it if the Eagles continue to make mistakes, but the Giants de or the Eagles defense hung in this entire game to make sure they had an opportunity to blow them out in that second half. I mean, even Alex Singleton got points on the board this game. I've yeah, right. seen that in the second half, even though Darius Slay did drop that pass that should have easily been an interception. Oh. But yeah, it was, it was painful. I don't want to. I didn't want to like bring it up because you know we ended up winning, and he's not technically a receiver. But yeah, should have had that one. No, okay. Uh, and wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, oh, I feel like just, you got to get something off your just, chest here. Just, Devin, how do you blame the son when you made the catch? Like he had the ball, <laughs> and then he like the son doesn't matter once the ball's here. Yeah. And he still dropped it. How did that happen? It was, it looked like it literally just slipped out of his hands. And that was the worst part. Like it wasn't a lack of skill. It wasn't the sun. It was just mm -hmm. butterfingers. And it was unfortunate. Cause I think that was still during like a low point of the game. Things were not looking good, but they did turn it around. I think even Epps had a really good uh, hit. I, uh, at one point, I, I want to say it was the star um, second quarter. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, I mean, you guys know I'm always questioning Jonathan Gannon, and I liked what I saw today for the most part, except for Darius Slay's drop. <laughs> give, the man, give that man a reprieve. Give him a reprieve. I know, I know, I know. No, but here's the thing. If you, if you it's, it's funny. I think in this city, I think quarterbacks and then cornerbacks are under the same type of microscope, especially if you're like a big-name free agent or a big-name acquisition in a trade. People look at that cornerback position and they go, oh, this guy is the next Namdi Asamoah or he's the next uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie. You know, he's like one of those types of guys. And I think Darius Slay, and I've said this before, I think Darius Slay is the truth. I think Darius Slay is exactly what he's supposed to be. I think he's one of the best corners in football. I couldn't be happier that he's a pro bowler again. He's the best Eagles corner uh, since uh, Asante Samuel. All right. He dropped the ball. Literally. All right. That's a play he should have made. I think he's great. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm not saying that he he sucks and he's overrated. I am saying he is. I think he is as good as advertised across the NFL. That is one particular play that I thought maybe, yes, because of the sun, he was late getting his hands up. But once he was right there and had the ball in his hands and almost against his chest, you got to come down with it. You got to keep it. Mm -hmm. I think the, the fact that it was also down the sideline, he was trying to keep his feet in bounds. And I think it was Marcus Epps that was over the top with him. That also mm -hmm. made him kind of juggle that ball again because there was a little bit of traffic where he was. I think that's more why he dropped it as opposed to the sun. Bottom line is he should have had it. It would have been awesome for him to have it. He's still the best corner since uh, non uh, since uh, Asante Samuel, no question. But that, yes, he should have had it. <laughs> I almost did. I almost did, and I would have never forgiven myself, my friend. You know what they're saying, though? A lot of times the reason defensive backs play defensive back is because their hands weren't good enough for them to play offense. You know, now Darius Slay, he's made some big interceptions. He's a pretty sure-handed guy. 
Uh, but it, it just happened. You know, he had it right in the bread basket, and all of a sudden, boom, it's on the ground. It happens. I know if he could do it over again, nine times out of ten, he makes that catch. But that one time he didn't was this particular game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know he really wanted that one too. No, no question mm-hmm. about that one. Uh, coming up a little bit later, we are going to be joined by John McMullen. He'll be joining us live from Lincoln Financial Field. We look forward to hearing from him about everything that everyone had to say. After this particular game, we already let you know that Jordan Mailata was very excited. We'll just say that for Lane Johnson and his touchdown reception in this particular game. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, how uh, Nick Sirianni was very open and honest about his quarterback's play again in the first half of this game. I'm curious to get the rest of of not only his thoughts, of Nick Sirianni's thoughts, but also Jalen Hurts' thoughts himself on the way this game played out in the first half. And a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people in general are asking the question right now about Jalen Hurts' ankle and how close to 100% he really is. I'll tell you, you've definitely seen it. And Devin, you made a great point earlier just talking about the two runs that he had in this game alone. And there were mul- multiple occasions where I thought he was going to step up in the pocket and take off. Instead, he stepped up in the pocket and he rolled to his right or left to try to buy more time so that he wouldn't have to take off running to try to let his receivers make plays. I'm curious to see what John McMullen will tell us on the show when he does join us after Jalen Hurts' press conference, what the people were saying uh, in those press conferences about the health of Jalen Hurts going forward. Also, we need health updates on Miles Sanders. We need health updates on uh, Jordan Howard as well, who, according to John McMullen's Twitter feed, has a stinger. We'll see how long that's going to see how much time is going to make him miss. And we'll also see about Boston Scott, whether or not this guy is all of a sudden finding himself in a number one or number two running back position again on this depth Mm -hmm. chart. So these are all things that we're trying to figure out as the press conferences roll on. But the Eagles get the big victory today, 34-10 to 10 win over the New York football Giants, and you are watching the live post-game show. We're going to jump a little bit more into that offense in a second, but I do want to tell you guys about the amazing people of Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. You, you know, maybe all three of us will just go down. We'll leave our significant others aside, and we'll say, no, this is just a show outing. We're going to have ourselves a time. Gunner is going to bring his smoker. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a great time no matter what. Uh, I'm in. Looking, looking at that smoker, Gunner, you in? Uh, well, considering the smoker I have weighs 165 pounds, I'm not moving that thing anywhere. We so, got it. It'll uh, be a team effort. Have you okay. seen Devin right. Flex? Have you seen <laughs> Devin Flex? You don't want to mess with that, my friend. They told, yeah. they, told me, they told me she's tough. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but they tell me she's tough. Uh, here's uh, what I wanted to get into. We haven't gotten into it yet regarding uh, this Eagles offense. It, obviously, if Jalen Hurts sees Dallas Goddard, that's a touchdown in the early goings of this game, and we all feel a lot better sooner rather than later as the game went on. Dallas Goddard is the guy in Philadelphia as far as tight ends go right now, and he signed a big contract extension. Uh, you obviously know that uh, Zach Ertz is out there in Arizona who just took a really tough loss. Uh, how good is that? We spent a lot of time talking about Jalen Hurts and how good he really is. How good is Dallas Goddard now? Because I feel like he has that big playmaking ability. He, then he also gets a case of the dropsies on occasion there. What do we have in Dallas Goddard, a, a future perennial pro bowler? Or do we have a guy that is simply uh, above uh, the serviceable tag? Well, perennial pro bowler, I don't know. I do know he has the capability of being a pro bowl tight end. You know, I I don't think he's up there quite yet with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, but he's definitely in the top 10 in tight ends in the National Football League right now. Uh, I love his route running ability. For the most part, he's sure-handed. He's had a couple of drops the last couple of games, but, you know, players go through those spells where, you know, you have those those moments. Uh, But in terms of uh, blocking, 
running routes, uh, physicality, yards after the catch. He has the makeup of being a very good tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles in the National Football League for a long time. Uh, and, and I just think he's going to get better and better. And obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, relies on him in a lot of situations, especially to help bail him out. Um, so that's all you can ask for from a tight end. And, you know, you hated to see a Zach Hurts leave here, but you had to make room for Dallas to grow. And so now in, in Zach Hurts' absence, we're watching the maturation of Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and I mean, I'm seeing comments and I've seen them throughout the show saying, you know, Goddard needs to lock it in. He needs to focus. I remember the first time the Eagles played the Giants, I think Goddard had, what, one or two catches? So I I think that the Giants defense clearly has his number. I think he's incredible. I don't know if I'd go as far to say, you know, pro bowler just yet, but I think in terms of his hands, his route running, as you mentioned, he's reliable. And like, for me in a tight end, that's what I want. And I think he's just had a few bad drops, but again, look at the catch he made that literally saved Jalen hurts and saved what felt like the game. It felt like it was a positive turning point in the game against Washington football team earlier this week. So I, I like Dallas Goddard. I think the Giants maybe have his number, and that's why we're not seeing so much from him against that team. That's a, that's a great point. That might be the case, and hopefully uh, he has a very similar performance against the Washington football team that he had. Uh, Devin, I think, as you said earlier, uh, 20 minutes ago when they got off the field <laughs> against Washington, and then they went on the face of the Giants. Uh, when we come back, I'm very excited to talk to this man. Uh, he is uh, he's in the know when it comes to everything that was said after this game and breaking down what this defense was doing and what Jalen Hurts was doing throughout this game. We'll also get an update, hopefully, on some of the injury issues surrounding the Eagles. John McMullen will be joining us coming up in just a minute, so you don't want to miss that. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with more live postgame show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but I once heard someone say but as I always say 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back live post game show. Part of the show obviously is brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Make sure you guys try, try a Stateside Vodka soda to your upcoming New Year's Eve celebration. See the scroll below. Use promo code Jacob for 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka soda. Go to statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com and make sure you guys enjoy your New Year's Eve. Now, uh, the Eagles are uh, hopefully going to be taking care of business uh, a week from today when they face the Washington football team. In case you don't know, yes, the Vikings lost today. The Eagles now 8-7 on the season. They control somehow magically their own destiny. And if you were watching that first half football against the Giants today, you know, who didn't really think that was going to be a possibility. Sure enough, they come out with the 34-10 victory over the Giants and the Eagles right now. Seventh in the playoff seating right now. Say they are in the playoffs if very famous phrase, the season ended today. So that's a great thing for the Eagles. We're waiting to hear from John McMullen. Uh, I want to focus on this for a second here. We have John. We're good to go. Apparently, we have John. We're right there. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, John McMullen, live from the link, presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. Johnny Mac, what's mm. going on, brother? Uh, not much. Yeah, playoff football team. If the season ended today, if we got two season, yeah. more weeks to go. Uh, <laughs> they, you're right though. They control their own destiny, and you know, I'm not surprised. I said they're going to win both these games, and you take it. Garrett Gilbert and Jake Fromm say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Take your gifts, and now it gets at least a little bit more serious with the Washington football team. And Taylor Heineke, who sadly is a massive upgrade <laughs> over the last two quarterbacks you just saw. Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, John, just injury-wise, do we have any news on Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders? Where are we at there? No, I mean, you know, it, Jordan is stinger, so that's a bit of a concern. If you think about the first time he was here, uh, he had actually won the starting running back job. I think people forget that. Uh, Miles Sanders was sort of his compliment. And he was playing really well against his old team, Chicago. He had a great game at Buffalo. Um, and he had that stinger, and he, and he never played again that season. Um, and obviously, he, he went on to Miami. We know what happened since then. So that's something to keep an eye about. Miles Sanders is now – so now he's dealing with an ankle injury, a quad injury, and a hand injury. Uh, Nate Herbig has a knee injury. Uh, and we all know the attrition they've had on the offensive line, but they keep rolling guys out there. Uh, Sue Pettit was on Tuesday. They had landed Dickerson back, so at least you have some depth there. Uh, Steve Nelson got hurt, but he was able to get back in the game. Um, so the Eagles were pretty healthy, uh, comparatively speaking, to most teams in Week 16 
now they got a little bit dinged up and obviously have to worry about COVID every day now. Uh, guys popping up on the list, but um, certainly something to keep an eye on as the week goes on in the backfield because you would certainly want at least one of the two between Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. Hey, hey, John, what did Nick have to say about his team almost self-destructing in the first half? Yeah, I mean, they, obviously they weren't happy offensively, but the defense uh, was so down. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I didn't think there was any way they were going to lose this football game. No. I, I don't think I've ever seen worse quarterback play than Jake Fromm. I hate to pick on him. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it. It was a complete incompetency, and I, to the point you're looking at Joe Judge and you know Mike Lennon is 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 terrible, but he's he's Phil Sims compared to uh, Jake Fromm. Um, they were never going to move the football. It was astonishing they had a three nothing lead. Then obviously the Eagles ultimately ended up scoring 34 points. But I've seen enough of Jalen Hurts to know. Even when he's playing poorly, he's going to make a play or two. Mm -hmm. And it might be with his legs. It might be with his arm and, and scrambling around, extending plays. And all of a sudden, they got the turnover, Rodney Cloud, then the floodgates open. Um, I think, you know, the one thing, and nobody's talking about it, and I, I didn't get it in with Nick, and I'll try to get it in tomorrow when we talk to him. It was pretty evident to me the Giants thought Jalen Hurts was not going to run the football uh, in the first half, and they were just completely selling out with the mentality that he's banged up, he's not going to run, and it turned out to be the case. He didn't mm -hmm. run. Uh, and, and they did a very good job from that standpoint, and, and you do have to give Patrick Graham some credit, but it wears on you when your offense is that incompetent, and that's what happened to the Giants. The minute the interception happened, the short field, and the Eagles were able to score, the game was over. It was over at 10-3. They were incapable of doing anything offensively. Has anything, there's been some speculation about Jalen Hurts' ankle and perhaps that stopping him from, from using his legs as much as he usually does in this game. Have you heard anything uh, or any updates on that from Jalen or Coach Sirianni? Yeah, the, 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 it was clear the Eagles didn't want him running. So, you yeah. know, one of the positive things, I thought he looked pretty healthy uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. And he did end up, I think, running eight times in that game, but clearly wasn't himself uh, from the mobility standpoint. Um, in this game, they scaled it back even further. He wasn't even thinking about running. Uh, they weren't doing any really RPO-like stuff, and, and that turns the backside, which we talked about the Eagles rushing game and the plus one and how everybody has to account for Jalen Hurts. Well, that's why the Giants didn't have to account for Jalen Hurts. And they surmised that pretty early, and they did a good job. So you have to do give credit um, – to the opposition occasionally and I and I do think the Giants came in with a good plan with the with the sentiment that he wasn't going to run the football he didn't run the football and it took the Eagles a, a little bit of time to adjust to that uh, but if he's not going to be healthy and you get the better teams uh, who can do some things on the offensive side 
it, it certainly could turn into an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at uh, the offensive line play as a whole in this game, I mean, I know Nate Herbig had the knee issue, and we're you know you're waiting to see how all that plays out. How good is this offensive line play, especially with the fact that they had a touchdown today, John? Yeah, how about Lane? Lane getting the touchdown, and uh, obviously, you know, that's. I, I think sometimes I think, and certainly if you guys saw Nick Sirianni's press conference on Friday. That was his third day in quarantine, and I think he was getting bored because he gave like a 10-minute dissertation on game management, uh, and I think he was just thrilled to talk to us. John, did you but, notice Did you notice that he was in bed? Yeah, there's no yeah, way he yeah, wasn't he was in, in bed, bed, right? He was on his phone. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't in bed. I think he was getting bored to tears, so I think he was coming up with some of these things and just drawing them up in his hotel room. Right. And he got laid – but in all serious, they they said they've been repping that play for a while, and they put it in because they saw something with the Giants. But you know, Lane's a great athlete. For anybody who doesn't know, he used to play quarterback uh, way back in in junior college, and um, he he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, and and Jalen really put some mustard on that. By the way, the average offensive lineman isn't catching that pass. Uh, it, it was it, it had some heat on it. Oh, he zipped it in there. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously it 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 accomplishes two things. Not only um, do you get the points, but you also excite the crowd. You excite the teammates, and everybody loves Lane. So um, you excite the team themselves. So it's just one of those smart things that Nick Sirianni does to, to get his team on the same page, and it gets them excited as much as the fans. Hey, John, um, when you look at the Eagles now last two games against Washington and, and the Giants, and from a defensive perspective, are you okay with where they are right now from a defensive scheme, uh, the way they schematically go after an offense, or – are there some things that you say under your breath, like, why are we not doing this differently? Well, I, I got to be honest with you guys. The last six days, I, I said, you know, you know, people got mad at me because they think there's jinxes. And I said, the Eagles are going to win these two games. And they won the two games. And now they want to say this and that and everything's great. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. They're going to hate me again because I have not learned a damn thing about this team over these two games. That's how bad the competition was. Hmm. That's how bad the quarterback play was. Well, I'll, uh, Look, I'll play devil's I give, I give, I give the defense credit. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Right. But I'm not sure what that says moving forward if you're playing Dak Prescott meaningful football in week 18 or if you're playing – whomever the second seed might be, which is going to be a good quarterback. I'm not sure what trend, what it translates. I, I, I don't think we've learned anything about this defense other than they can dominate bad quarterbacks, which they should, to be honest. What, what have you learned though? Because the past two games, we've gotten a slow start to say the least. I mean, we ended the first half three to three with the giants today. So, uh, I feel like there's definitely, it might not be a good thing to learn, but, but why the slow starts in both these games? Is it rust? Is it because they were tired today and it was a quick turnaround? 
Well, I think the week had something to do with it. I, I mean, not only did you have the short week, but the head coach wasn't there uh, other than Zoom. Uh, plus, you had a holiday week as well. So it, it was baked in. You were going to have a shorter practice schedule to begin with, even if you played on Sunday. So I think all of that played into it. I do think the Giants had a good game plan defensively uh, in the mm-hmm. first half, as I said, when they realized Jalen Hurts wasn't going to run the football. I think you have to give credit to them as well, at least a little bit. And then um, the Eagles deserve credit uh, for picking things up, and they got in a bit of a rhythm. uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, they got the short field thanks to Rodney McLeod. They were able to cash in there. Uh, They got some balls. Uh, Devontae got one. Quez got one. Uh, so I think that was positive. Devonte had another great uh, uh, toe tap catch, uh, which that was the weirdest review in the history of the NFL. They said it was a touchdown. Then they said it wasn't a touchdown. Then I said it was a touchdown. Nick Sirianni didn't even know what the heck was going on. He doesn't know why they did it the way they did it. But ultimately, it counted. It counted and that's the only thing they care about. Um so all of that was good. But, yeah, the first half, I mean, I I, I don't it, – it's <laughs> – I just <laughs> called it the worst. I don't know. I've been, I've been covering games for over 20 years. So <laughs> I was trying to figure out, okay, I was here last year for Luke Falk. And Luke Falk looked like Joe Namath compared to Jake Fromm. I, I have never seen – I remember a Nathan Peterman game but I didn't uncover it. I didn't watch it. I, 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 this kid shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, and it was kind of disgraceful that it was three to three at the end of the first 30 minutes. But at the same time, I never thought for a second, they weren't going to win the game. Cause I know the giants weren't going to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me ask this real quick, John. Is the whole? I thought this was dead. Gunner and I were trying to figure this out earlier. Survive the ground. Remember that whole thing about when you make the catch, you have to survive the ground. Is is that still a rule? Is that what they were reviewing? What were they reviewing on the Devontae Smith touchdown? Yeah, I I, I wish I could tell you, Mark. I that was my thought process. I thought I saw the ball move at the very end, mm-hmm. and I thought they were going to overturn it. Uh, but yeah, you're supposed to still have to survive the ground. Okay. Uh, but that's part of the NFL. Part of, part of the issue is with this league is it's so over-legislated. Um, and they certainly don't explain things as well as they should. This is a perfect example of that. Uh, and now we have this sort of sky judge-like official. And mm-hmm. sometimes you'll be watching a game. And they'll correct something uh, real quick, which is nice <clears throat> when they do it. I like it because you don't have to sit through those three, four-minute reviews when it's obvious. Uh, but then they don't do it. It's like if you're going to do it for that, why don't if somebody blows uh, a, a false start or or versus an offside, why can't they fix it for that and just chime in and right. say, "Hey guys, you got it wrong. That was offside, not a false start." This league's bizarre in a lot of ways, but I never, I never complain about officiating because it goes both ways, and sometimes, sometimes you get screwed, and sometimes uh, you get a break. And so, 
that's just baked into it all. John, I have said uh, earlier in this show that uh, from a player's perspective, it, it's to play the game, especially uh, the way they've restructured the, the calls and the penalties. You don't know what neutral zone infraction is anymore, false start is anymore, pass interference, uh, securing the football anymore, because just when you think you've figured it out, week to week it changes. It depends on the group of referees that you have. And on top of that, they all go to New York to get a, a, a final ruling, and it's still inconsistent. So there's still a lot of flaw, flaws in the way the game is called that frustrates a lot of players because they're told one thing, and then you see it completely called differently when the actual games are played. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to New York, I think, you know, Dean Blandino was, to me, I, I when he was in charge, I could at least tell you everything was really consistent when they went to New York. You mm -hmm. would know. I could predict every ruling, and I was going to be right 95 mm -hmm. to 100% of the time because I just knew the way he was going to do it, and he was very consistent. Yep. Now, a lot of fans don't like the legislation. In other words, they don't like the rules, and they criticize the officials. And I always say, you're not criticizing the officials. You're criticizing what they're being told to do. So I think there's two different things. If, if you blow a call, like if you guys were watching uh, Baker Mayfield yesterday, his final interception, yeah. which was our old friend, Rasul yeah. Douglas. Yep. Well, Rasul should have been called for holding. Absolutely. Uh, maybe pass interference. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, that cost him a game. And who knows? It's probably cost Cleveland the playoffs. And they might have won. They might have lost. Who knows? And by the way, pa Baker played poorly. So you have that and say, well, you could have. You could have made other throws earlier in the game. But it is always when you lose a game that way, I think it feels bad for fans, for players. And, yeah, you're right, Gunnar. I think the biggest problem for me is consistency from crew mm -hmm. to crew. And I actually talked to Nick Sirianni about this earlier in the year. The Eagles study crews as they should. So they know each crew, what they do. Mm-hmm. If they call holding more than other crews, crews. If they call uh, roughing the passer, pass interference. So that's part of their Saturday meetings. They tell the guys, "Look, this is what this crew does, and be aware of it." And the one thing, if you remember, early in the season, they were getting called for tons of penalties, and that's really improved as the season has gone on. And I think it's partially because of those meetings they have on, on Saturdays. Mm. Uh, John, last one for me. Uh, what's the what's what's the next trick play? What's the next trick play you want to see for the Eagles? <laughs> well, we talked to Jordan. My I think everybody's been on the Jordan Mylata train because yeah. of his uh, Australian rugby uh, video that everybody sees on YouTube, and uh, you guys have probably seen it. Just him just trucking people, running past them. So everybody wants to see Jordan Mailata at fullback. I think they've wanted to see that for years and years and years. Well, he's only been here four years, but you get my point. Yes. Um, and, you know, with Nick, I think eventually you might see it. I'm not going to guarantee it, but uh, he, he's open-minded with that kind of stuff. And uh, early in the season when he tried that, that Philly special light play that just looked awful, 
I thought he was trying to pander a little bit to the fan base. Uh, but now that he's having some success, you get more rope and you can pull that kind of stuff out. Yeah, I feel like the, the pandering has definitely been been tampered down quite a bit. I haven't seen as many graphic tees. I actually totally forgot about that <laughs> failed Philly special play. Um, I do want to switch gears for a second and talk about Dallas Goddard because there's been a lot of, uh, I don't want to say Dallas Goddard hate, but he hasn't been as productive. Uh, there have been a few drop passes. Has that been addressed or do you have a take on that, John? Um, well, he had to drop again to start today. I mean, I, I think Dallas overall has been playing very well. I mean, mm. very well. Um, but, yeah, you'd like to see a little bit more consistency. And generally, when you have those easy drops, obviously it's it's concentration and focus and things like that. Um, but certainly, uh, I think Dallas is aware of it. But, man, he's been playing. He had a career high in receiving against the Jets. He broke that against the Washington football team. And, obviously, he wasn't quite as involved today and it started with that drop so i i don't worry too much about dallas goddard he's one of the most talented players on this team and mm -hmm. um you know i look around the league and i see some of the great young receivers jamar chase and cd lamb and they drop the football probably too much as well but they make so many big plays uh, it makes up for it. And I think ultimately that's that's Dallas Goddard a little bit as well. But you, you'd like to see it certainly cleaned up. No question about that. Certainly. Uh, John McMullen, thank you so much for joining us. As per usual from Lincoln Financial Field, you are presented by Mesa Law & Associates. If you need a tough injury lawyer, call Mesa & Associates. John McMullen, thanks so much, brother. Hey, thank you. Thank you, John McMullen, joining us live from Lincoln Financial Field. We'll be right back to break down a little bit more of what John had to say about and also what you make of this team. I don't think John's that far off in terms of you're playing bad you're playing bad teams, so what do you make of the team that's actually winning against those bad teams? We'll break that down when we return here on the live postgame show. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back live post-game show. John McMullen just joined us live from, uh, from Lincoln Financial Field. Welcome to everyone watching on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Mark Farzad along with Derek Gunn and Devin Caney. What can we tell about this team after the last couple of games here, after they played against the Washington football team, after they played against the Giants, after they played against the Jets, after they lost to the Giants uh, in their previous matchup, what can we really tell about this team that they played bottom-tier talent and for the most part, with the exception of that Giants game to this point, they have taken advantage of it. I, I, I'll just—I was almost going to jump on it with with John there, but I'll—I'll I'll answer it first. I think you can tell that this team is going to go to the playoffs, and <laughs> with a team that you thought was just a retooling team at best, now is on the verge of making the playoffs with a first-year head coach and a first-year starting quarterback in the NFL. So those are two things right there that. I'm happy to say about this Eagles team and hopefully, yes, they do put the capstone on it. Hopefully they do win out. Hopefully they do make the playoffs and all that happens, but they're more than just giving us meaningful games in December. They're about to give us a meaningful game in January, which I'm happy to report on. So that for me is what you can tell about this team. True. The competition they've played against hasn't been great, Devin, but the, you can only play who's in front of you. And if you can take advantage of that and make that a playoff run, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell uh, a lot about this team. You can tell that Nick Sirianni is, I think, the real deal. You know, I know we had our doubts about him. You can tell that he's made the right adjustments. Remember when the key word every single postgame show was adjustments, improvements, making the necessary changes. Well, look at us now. We're making those changes. You said it, Mark. We're playoff, hopefully playoff-bound team. Uh, and, yeah, you know, the Giants aren't great. Yeah, we played Gilbert Grape on Tuesday night, but it still tells us a lot about this team. And I like what I'm seeing. Am I saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't know what's going to happen. We could even make the playoffs and lose in the first game. But I think that's still teaching us a lot more about this team than we knew even just three games ago at the start of the season when things were looking really bleak, when we were talking about fertilizer. I think they're really finding their identity. They're finding their groove. Um, so to say that that we can't learn anything just from the past two games, I, I don't think that's correct. 
not to come at John McMullen. Love you, John. <laughs> John C. Riley. John C. Riley, very underrated in uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, Gunner, what say you? What can we tell from this Eagles football team after their recent run? I think we find that this is a very resilient team, that when things are not going great, uh, they still find a way to overcome those obstacles. Um, it's not always going to be perfect, but the bottom line is getting the W at the end of the game. And that's what we're seeing from this team. Sometimes they play down to the competition, maybe a little too much, but then all of a sudden they get the wake-up call and they separate themselves from inferior opponents. Um, you know, and it's always somebody different that helps this team out. We know the running game is a dominant force with this team, um, but we also know that they have the capability um, of, of players like Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, even a Quez Watkins who makes a big catch today that they have an array of people that can step up in any given moment and shift the momentum back in their favor. Uh, we're looking at a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's still evolving as a quarterback in the National Football League. It's not always perfect with him, but he can get the job done, usually with his legs uh, more so than his arm. But now that his legs are not 100% with his arm, you know, he missed some throws, yes, but he made some throws. And we're ne he's never going to prove to us until further notice that he has a big arm. But he has an arm good enough to win in the National Football League. Every quarterback in the National Football League doesn't have a big arm. There are a lot of quarterbacks that survive on the intermediate passing game. And I think he's much more effective when he gets in a rhythm in that intermediate passing game, especially when he floats outside of the, the pocket. We're looking at a defense that I don't consider a dominant deep defense, but an effective defense. They get necessary stops when they have to. They'll get a turnover when they have to. And a lot of times you put all those ingredients together as we're watching with this Eagles team and, and what it basically is coming up with, the formula is coming up with success. Because as we sit here right now, they were on the outside looking in not too long ago. And all of a sudden now they're inside of the bubble, the playoff bubble controlling their own destiny. All they have to do is win out and they're in the playoffs. Now they've got two tricky games coming up. And again, can't emphasize it enough. Hopefully, that game against Dallas means absolutely nothing. So the only game that they really have to worry about, and obviously they got to keep winning, um, but the only game you really have to worry about is, is that Washington football team that's going to be looking forward to playing these Eagles again next Sunday. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree with all that, and I think you can tell a lot with what you have seen because the Eagles are not supposed to be a good football team. And I remember going into this last you know six games of the season saying, all right, just stack as many as possible get to the end of the day hopefully you're taking advantage of some the season some teams that are not having a lot of success the trick is don't be one of those teams don't be in a spot and i remember saying this on this very show don't be one of those teams that later in the season the jets look at and go oh well at least we got to win against the eagles or you know the giants look at and go at least we got to win and they were one time around or washington don't be one of those teams that you think other people will look at and be that easy win. And now we look at the last eight games. The Eagles are 6-2 and two in these last eight games. They are in the playoffs right now if the season ended today. I didn't think we'd be saying that when we started doing the show in the very right. early goings of the season here. When we started the season, we were looking at this team going, all right, you know what? Six, maybe seven wins. If Jalen Hurts is something special and Nick Sirianni designs a good game plan, maybe this team, if they stay healthy, could be a nine or ten win team. That's where I had them at going into this season. They have, and we asked this question at the end of last week's show, or excuse me, 
Uh, Devin, I'll go back to you. Uh, 20 minutes ago when the Washington game wrapped up. <laughs> Last well, did, night, the, yeah. did the Eagles, yeah. Did the Eagles, did they, oh, to this point, did they overachieve or underachieve? And I think you had to say at that point, they overachieved. Mm-hmm. Now, over 500 again for the first time this season, responding to adversity that they've had with their own struggles or injuries on this team. Mm-hmm responding to the adversity of pushing a game back to Tuesday and then playing a game on Sunday. And in the meantime, your coach gets COVID and he's in a hotel in his bed doing press conferences. Yeah. I would say that you have impressed a lot of people so far this season. Now finish it out. Do what you have done in these other games where you have struggled, finish strong, make adjustments, be resilient. Gunner. I think that's a perfect word to bring in. Be resilient as you have been all season long and finish strong. Make sure that last game of the season is one that we're all looking at going, just saying, beat the Cowboys. You might be able to control your own destiny by the time you beat, you play that Cowboys team with, if, if you have Wash, if you have uh, Minnesota lose again, if you have the, uh, the, the 49ers lose again, uh, the Falcons as well. You look at those teams. If they continue to go downhill and the Eagles just mm-hmm. win against Washington, you could be looking at a spot where you're locking up a playoff spot next week. Mm-hmm. And once a team like the Eagles get in, anything can possibly happen. Um, if that running game's on point, that's going to create a lot of havoc for teams uh, because if the Eagles have the ability to control the clock and move the ball down the field and put points on the board, you're keeping some of these offenses off the field, some of these more potent offenses off the field, like you know the Rams, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Green Bay, and the game becomes that much more even. You know, You look at a Green Bay team right now that has the – best record in all of pro football, but they're not very good against the run. What do you do if you're an Eagles team? You're going to test them against the run. You know, you look at how that game ended yesterday against Cleveland. Why in the world did Kevin Stefanski have Baker Mayfield throw the football in the final moments of that game when Green Bay hadn't stopped to run all game? All you had to do is run it down the clock and kick potentially the game-winning field goal, which would have enhanced their playoff status. But no, you had them run, you had them pass the football. Now, Rasul Douglas gets away with the pass interference, but the bottom line is the game's over. And your playoff chances may be over as well. When you look at how many teams went into today's action in the AFC with six losses, you had a lot of teams stacked up with six losses in the AFC. Now you're looking at a, a Cleveland team that has eight losses, you know, so with two games to play. So that really hurt their chances. You look at some of these other teams, San Francisco. San Francisco have been playing rugged football. They got out physical by a Tennessee team uh, just a few nights ago. So now, you know, tennis, uh, the 49ers got away from the way they play football. Um, I can't wait to see how Dallas approaches playing Washington tonight. Now, Washington's a much a healthier team now. Taylor Heineke is back. The first time they played, it was a competitive game. Dallas won that game in, in Washington 27-20. to 20, But it was a division game, a competitive game. Now you're going to play it in an indoor controlled environment. You can't blame the weather elements on anything that happens in this game. Gusty winds. Slick field, anything like that. And let's see how Dallas uh, takes care of his business tonight. And you you look at the way look – at, look at the Buffalo game. You know, you look just a couple of weeks ago how New England went into Buffalo in a, in a gale storm, 100-mile-an-hour wind, snowing, blowing all over the place. The quarterback, Mac Jones, passes the ball three times. New England runs for over 220 yards, and they win their game in Buffalo. And yet Buffalo comes back today and takes care of business in New England. So, you know, when you get your game, you know what your identity is, and Eagles' identity is running the football right now, don't get away from that. Let's see how far it can take you. Because, you know, even though people don't, number one, expect you to get to the playoffs, well, oh, by the way, the Eagles right now are in the playoffs. The Eagles, most people don't expect you to get very far once you get in the playoffs. Oh, by the way, Eagles have the number one rushing team in the National Football League. 
if they can run that football the way they have been running it, that's going to cause a lot of problems for teams that are supposed to be better than them on paper. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, real quick, Gunner, uh, Devin, uh, Cowboys are minus nine as of right now going up against mm -hmm. Washington. And here's the thing. As bad as this week was with having to play on a Tuesday, coach getting COVID, and then playing another division rival in the Giants, although they're a terrible team. And we even said on Tuesday night that, oh, at least it's the Giants you're playing. Mm. Uh, how would you have liked this game to be on the road? And not just on the road, but on the road where a game you had to fly to. So Washington wrapped up that game Tuesday night and then had to travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, and now minus seven, going into that game tonight. So Washington could essentially, I think, eliminate themselves tonight with a loss to, to the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I am here for that because that mm -hmm. also gives another win to the Cowboys, which is another increased odds of them not giving a damn about what happens <laughs> in week eight and in week 18 to round out this season. The only time it's appropriate to root for the Cowboys, like kind of. Kind of. I kind of I just look at it and go, I'm not really rooting for the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the better outcome for the Eagles. Yes. The better. Yeah. Yeah. The Whatever helps me. Bad outcomes, I guess. I yeah, I, I hate to tell you this, but I think that Dallas game is going to mean something to Dallas. Even if they win tonight, that game is going to mean mean something to Dallas because you look at the Rams are now eleven and four. Dallas wins tonight; they're eleven and four. Tampa Bay's eleven and four. Arizona's bottoming out right now; they're ten and five. And oh, by the way, they're all chasing Green Bay, who is twelve and three right now. But Green Bay still has to play meaningful games. They got a big game coming up against Minnesota next week. Minnesota's already beaten them once. They're still thinking we have an outside shot to get that number one seed because only one team in each conference gets to buy compared to two teams getting a buy the way we knew the format before they added a seventh playoff team in a 17th game of the season. So I think that Dallas game is going to mean an awful lot to them when they come to Philadelphia. Listen to this. Little Cowboys fan over there. Rune Harper. Cowboys fan. Bringing what? down the vibe. It's like you guys what? are too positive. No. You're no. up here. It's Paul you being realistic. Realistic. No, you just did all the you know you just did you just did all the playoff scenarios. That's what you just did in the NFC East. You just yeah. said, all right, well, here's the ins and the out. You stated yes. nothing but facts, but yes. those facts hurt the Eagles' chances of uh winning out. You, but you, like, you you call me a Cowboys fan, you'll never get invited to a cookout in my house. I'll tell you that oh, right now. Par for the course, it's friend. Never happen. It's, never, it's never gonna happen. See, call me a cow. You can call me a lot of things, but a Cowboys fan? Yeah. Oh no, no. By the no, way, you, you mentioned. I wanted to go back to something because you mentioned Rasul Douglas a second ago or right. you know, a while ago. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on Rasul Douglas. Did you hear his comments after the game about Rasul Douglas? Called him MVP. Called him MVP, said he changed yeah. our entire defense yeah. Yeah. for the better. I always, thought, I always thought the Eagles gave up too soon on him. And obviously, mm -hmm. he didn't fit in Jim Schwartz's scheme. And I, they got frustrated with him, and they let him go. And then you look at what happened to him since then, the way he bounced around. You know, he couldn't stay with the team. And he was basically buried on Arizona on his, Arizona's practice squad. The only reason Green Bay picked him up because Jair Alexander, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the game, went, went down with a shoulder injury. They needed a cornerback in a hurry. They picked up this guy named Rasul Douglas. They didn't expect much from him. They just wanted him to fill a roster spot. This kid goes up there. Obviously, they coach him up differently in a different scheme. All of a sudden, people are talking about him every week. I mean, you look at what he's done for that team. He has, in a lot of ways, changed the complexion and outcomes of games for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll never forget talking to him in the Eagles locker room one time about a, a game he just put in a, a good game and he actually earned a starter's role for a brief a brief period. Right. And I just asked him you know, about you know finally being able to get into the you know crack the starting lineup and getting a shot at safety at one point. 
And I remember he told me, I just look, I just, I just try to avoid getting on the Greyhound. And I looked at him and I was like, what? And then three other players like, yeah, man, got to avoid that Greyhound. You don't want that Greyhound. And I go, what the heck is the Greyhound? The bus, meaning a ticket out of town because you've been cut. And I never realized that. I'll tell you this. He's not going to be, he's not going to be riding any Greyhound anytime soon in Green Bay. Happy for that guy. Easy guy to root for. Always brought the right attitude to the link and the, obviously the Novacare complex every single time. So nothing but good things upon Russell Douglas and having Darius Slate play the way that he plays. It kind of makes you forget about any other quarterback that was here in Philadelphia. So I'll take that, even though he lost that one in the sun today, apparently. (laughs) Just the one. Just the one. Just the one time. Can't raise him up too high. Got to cut him down a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We're going to be back with closing statements and game balls to give out as the Eagles took care of business against the Giants, eight and seven on the season, occupying the seventh playoff seed in the NFC, which is never a bad thing to say. So we'll be back in a second with more live post-game show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but i once heard someone say but as i always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years independence blue cross Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek on Devin Caney with you. Don't forget, we're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. And also, go for a flat-out great time for New Year's Eve weekend. So make sure you guys do that. And also, don't forget to like and share. The, subscribe as well to Jacob Media YouTube channel. Make sure you guys do that. Thanks to everyone watching on Jacob Media's YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Uh, closing thoughts, something we, we've only mentioned, but we haven't really uh, focused on today. I felt like Rodney McLeod's interception, without question, what, the, the, the turning point in that game? I mean, could you really make an argument for anything else? I mean, it was like they came out of halftime, and that was the end-all, be-all. Okay, enough of this enough of this BS. All Eagles from here on out, and that's basically what was the switch that was flipped for the Eagles to start winning this football game. Well, you look at the McLeod interception, and the reason he got it was because uh, before the quarterback from released the ball, or uh, Glennon released the ball, he had a hand in his, a man in his face. I don't Darren remember Avery. if it was it was Avery. Okay, Avery in his face. So that was huge. The Eagles getting the pressure up front, uh, and, and and that pressure up front created that interception, which changed momentum, led to a touchdown, and it was all Eagles from that point on. But that's what you need. You know, sometimes when, when things aren't going your way, you only need one play sometimes to just swing momentum in your favor. And that play was the defining moment in that game in terms of shifting momentum in the Eagles' favor and the Eagles finally separating themselves from a team they should have dominated right from the opening kickoff. Mm -hmm. Definitely uh, the, the switch that was flipped, Devin? Uh, I think so. I think it was kind of the defense saying, all right, you guys aren't going to do this. We'll do it for you. And then it started the momentum shift because then I think that's when they got the Boston Scott touchdown. Mm -hmm. And that's really when things started to kick into gear and the Eagles felt like they started being the dominant team that we all expected them to be uh, the entire first half. That team was nowhere to be found. So I don't want to forget about that fact, you know, moving forward. I hope the team doesn't, as I said at the start of the show, because that does concern me. I know a win is a win, but sometimes you don't want the fact that you won to distract from the fact that you didn't show up to the game until the third quarter. So. You, you, you know, Devin, I don't disagree with you, but the one thing that we've seen in football time and time again is the fact that, you know, a lot of times winning ugly helps build character, especially when you get to this point of a season, uh, because you're going to win some ugly games. And you look at teams that go on to win championships. They don't, they're not always perfect wins. They're not always dominating wins. They're wins that are created a lot of times by situations. Um, you know, you're struggling, you're struggling, and all of a sudden you get a fumble recovery. You get an interception. Um, you know, a, a field goal that could put the opposition in front of you clangs off the upright, and all of a sudden you get the ball back and go down the field and you score points and put yourself, you know. So, you know, a lot of times you take what you get in this league because there's so much parity. You take what you can get when you can get it, and you ride that way for as long as you can because some days things are perfect, some days they're imperfect, and some days you're up and down, and you hopefully you ride that high tide when the final scores is up on that scoreboard. And, you're you know, right. You're right. I, I agree. The other thing is, and you're right. When you talk about you get the win, it sometimes still masks the mistakes that you made. But how about this? Right. I know you're only playing these quarterbacks, right? But look at this defensive line recently. Josh Sweat got to the quarterback twice in this game. Didn't get sacks, but got the pressure, got the hit, and forced almost interceptions. So he disrupted the pass. Uh, another time in this game, you saw Jannard Avery get in the back to disrupt the pass to get that interception, like you pointed out, Gunner. Another time, he also got in the backfield. Jannard Avery did for a tackle for loss. So you saw him get through the line of scrimmage. Basically, a couple of different times that he was able to get through anybody trying to block yeah. him to yeah. get to the backfield to try to just 
disrupt something. Uh, Fletcher Cox was getting in the backfield a little bit. Uh, Javon Hargrave had a bad penalty earlier in the game, but turned it on a little bit later. Milton Williams, we've barely talked about this guy since the preseason, but he right. turns around and actually gets a good game for you, getting some pressure as well. I believe a second sack on the season happened today. Uh, so this defensive line, albeit against inferior talent, when I talk about the passing game, played a very good brand of football today. And then Saquon Barkley today could have been and should have been, quite frankly, the focal point of the Giants' offense. He didn't do much for them either today. So when you look at a guy that should have stepped up and been the difference, Eagles did a great job of containing him as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's something that you can look at uh, as uh, you look at these next two games as well, a positive thing to take away from this. Um, final thoughts, that's what that was. Let's talk about our game balls for today's game. I believe I went first on Tuesday. 20 minutes ago. So uh, who would like to go first tonight to give away your game ball? I'll go. I'll go because I feel like we're all going to have the same answer here. And I want to mm. get, I want to get to it first. Is that okay? Do you guys? Hey, yeah? go yeah. for it. I mean, you guys knew, I, I got to say Lane Johnson. I loved that touchdown, put the biggest smile on my face. It really locked in the win. It seemed like our team was finally having fun playing football again. I was having fun watching them. We all know Lane Johnson's past and ongoing mental health struggles that took him off the team for a bit earlier this season. Uh, we've come so far as a team. He's come so far and see him get his first touchdown. Uh, it was just heartwarming. It was exciting. It made me happy. He gets my game ball. And he's also an incredible offensive lineman. I mean, even last Sorry, not last week. A few nights ago on Tuesday, we saw him get down the field. He's just always puts it all on the field, leaves it all out there, and he definitely deserves the game ball today. Good enough. Gunner? Yeah. I'm going to take the easy way out and say I'm going to give it to the entire offense. An uh, offense that struggled early on. An you got a lot of game balls, my friend. I know. You know what? You take a knife, you cut it up in little pieces, and you give everybody a little piece. You want me to single out one person? Is that what you want me to do? No, no, no. Do, Go do be you a want team me to do player. that? You want me to be do a that? Team player. Whatever. Have you okay. guys seen Mean Girls? I I feel like you haven't, <laughs> but where like they give the crown at the end, they like break the homecoming crown into yes, really little exactly. pieces. Exactly. Like, Thank it you. Out. That's what Thank you. doing right That's now. That's exactly what I did right now. I'm tossing out little pieces of the crown. I'm giving it to the entire offense because when they had to, they had guys step up. They had Quez Watkins step up and make a big catch. They had Devontae Smith make an incredible body control catch for a touchdown. You had Lane Johnson, of all people, for the first time in his nine-year career, he gets a catch. Jalen Hurts bounced back after a poor first half and has a very solid second half. Okay? So, yes. I'm glad you brought up. That's a great analogy. Mean Girl. I've seen that movie. My daughters maybe and my wife maybe watched that movie with them one time. Yes, I've seen it. So I'm breaking up the football in little pieces, and I'm giving all the offense a piece of the football. All of them get part of the game ball, which means you get pieces of a game ball, one whole ball, one whole effort by the offense. Thank you very much. Okay, what, really quick, Mark, uh, James, uh, Jacob Media's social guy, if you're watching this, please cut up that mean girl scene with d Gun's speech just now. I need it. I need it. All right, Mark, as you were. Why, do you, is, wait, why do you need it? What, what are you going to use it for? Um, because that's amazing content. Yeah. I'm going to tweet it. Hi, Gunner. Welcome to the world, my friend. This is what this is called the, the piping hot take content that you're people need. you tweet it? <laughs> 
Now I know why Gunner only wears uh, pink on Wednesdays. So there we go. Mm -hmm. right. there uh, go. But uh, I'm just going to say this. Nick Sirianni, he gets my game ball today. I thought he called it a great game plan, especially in that second half. He beat the crap out of COVID in record time. COVID wasn't ready for that Nick Sirianni smoke. Take that, COVID. Uh, Nick Sirianni definitely gets my game ball. Uh, after the first quarter, good game plan by him. No question. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another fun-filled live post-game show. Make sure you guys don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And also, make sure you guys check out Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. Devin, Gunner, always a pleasure, guys. I'll talk. Let's see. When's the next game? Like tomorrow? No? Sunday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just depends, for, eight hours, yeah. depends on the next COVID outbreak. Yeah, no, geez, yeah, you ain't kidding, man. Uh, to everyone in our uh, chat, thanks for participating in the show. We really appreciate it. Xander produced the show, did a phenomenal job as per usual. Don't forget to check out Birds 365 tomorrow with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody. Go Birds! Controlling their own destiny. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but I once heard someone say but as I always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years Independence Blue Cross Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.